Welcome to issue 20, Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Mustafa. Hey. Hey, and Steve. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? Fantastic. And do you all know we have a very special guest back again with us for round two? It is the Wandering Toke himself. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And I guess now your audience now knows, despite popular belief, I am not the alter ego of Mustafa. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's true. Who's spreading rumors? There was a doubt. We, we have not been in the same room during a recording until this moment. Yeah, well, we have the technology to make ourselves sound like different people at the same time. all be <laughs> editing. Can all be done down. in post. All in post. Uh, so, Mustafa, so nice to talk to you. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, on my mind tonight, Mike, is uh, something special befitting the times. Each week... We here at Critical Encounters celebrate the lame machinations of silly villains who exist in a cartoon universe for the purpose of entertainment. But daily in all our actual lives, we're confronted by real villainy. And though we occupy a tiny sliver of the world, we commit ourselves to action. A struggle against uh, cheating, lying, and hypocrisy which runs rampant and unchecked through the great swaths of white America. First and foremost, Critical Encounters stands by our brothers and sisters who assert that Black Lives Matter and there can be no peace without justice. We acknowledge that there is a sickness in this country of ours, and we dedicate ourselves to working towards the cure and to the many struggles, both great and small, to come in the effort to end oppression against people of color. If our comics can reveal and celebrate our dignity and diversity, then so can we. And I actually repeat something that was said by somebody uh, a long time ago, uh, whom we cannot emulate, but we can just repeat. We refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us, upon demand, the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. I think people recognize that that was Martin Luther King speaking several decades before this uh, about how the time is now. Thank you very much, Miss. Sure. All right. Well, on that sobering note, we're going to get into our episode with a special daily bugle report where Mr. Wandering took has some news for us. I got to follow that. Yep. 
Now, and we recognize that any transition is awkward and we we own it. So awkward as it should be, right? Awkward, awkward as, it as it should be. As awkward should, as, yeah. uh, as old game-playing white people can be when they're talking about racial yeah. issues. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, shifting gears. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Gen Con has been canceled. At least in the form that we know it. There's going to be some sort of online presence, but that hasn't really been, been specified yet. But Steve, as you are so fond of saying, you can't keep a good villain down. So with that, <laughs> I'm happy to announce that we have created the League of Cooperative Gaming Convention 2020. This is an online convention that will take place on Discord through a channel that will be released later on once we have it all figured out. Take place Thursday, July 30th to Sunday, August 2nd. That is four full days of gaming, bringing together fans of all three of the cooperative living card games, Marvel Champions, Arkham Horror, and of course, Lord of the Rings. We figured that since there's so much overlap amongst the fan bases, it really just made sense to unite everyone together under the same roof, stagger the flagship events, just have fun, right? Game and enjoy enjoy each other's company while doing so. So what is it all about? Well, first and foremost, all day gaming. We're on Discord, so whatever works for you is how we're going to be playing the games, whether that's, say, Octagon or Tabletop Simulator or if you have a webcam, just showing a board state, whatever works. There will also be special events. We don't have the schedule fully fleshed out yet, but we're going to have learn-to-play sessions. Say if you've been playing one of them and you're interested to try another LCG or another game that someone wants to bring up. Uh, there are live listener events for many of our favorite podcasts, uh, including Mythos Busters, Cardboard of the Rings, Marvel Champions Monthly, Dexelsior. You guys, I think, are somehow involved in this as well. Yep. Am I? we'll have yep. an event. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be challenges slash achievements uh, for people to do. There's going to be a charity event. There's going to be after dark shenanigans and whatever else people come up with. So speaking of which, we don't have to rent convention space. That means that anyone who wants to host something, hey, if you want to get involved, if you have an idea and you want to bring it to the table, please get in touch with me. I am at WanderingTook on Discord. You'll find me on most of the, the LCG channels. Uh, if not, well, one of these guys will, will send you to me. I'm fairly easy to find. Any questions, uh, any any ideas, please bring them forward, and we can get you hooked up. Uh, we've had a lot of people join the committee, people from all over the three communities, and I think it's going to be an absolute blast. Agree. It's going to be great. I have a question, though. Please. How is it going to be a real con if we don't have to stand in line for an hour to get a badge? <laughs> uh, oh, oh! Through the magic of Discord bots, you see, you'll log on and you'll yeah. <laughs> you'll Just be playing elevator music for sixty minutes before you get in. That would be great if we can program those bots to simulate reality. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mike, as I said last night on our Twitch show that we have Monday Night Twitch, which we've been doing for many years, um, the community owes you personally a great deal of thanks for getting all the people in a room talking to each other because this is going to be a wonderful four days. And uh, it's largely uh, a result of your efforts. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that, guys. Cheers. All right, so talking about gaming, let's, uh, let's jump into a side scheme. Daniel and Mustafa, you guys played some games live face-to-face with cards, I hear? Yes. Did you know right. you could still do that? I yeah, I heard that's possible. 
You just have to violate a couple of stay-at-home orders. That's all. <laughs> you got to get your kids to learn the game. Then you'll be okay. Well, Mustafa's uh, oldest son does. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, we played a lot. We played a lot against Claw. Um, part of that was, you know, because when we started playing together, uh, it was Claw Your Way Through May, which was such a great, great event. And I'm not going to lie, and Moose backed me up on this, we got our butts kicked pretty soundly by Claw a lot. And we, you know, we made him harder than he normally is, obviously. But we we thought it was going to be a cakewalk, and um, it wasn't. Well, asterisk on that. First sure. of all, we did use our house rules. Oh, right? I saw it. Critical Encounters house rules. We used Expert Claw. And in addition to Masters of Evil, we added Scorpion. Because we talked about this when we were covering it in issue whenever. He, his deck seems to work well with scorpion's effects of discarding through and stunning people it really did make a difference and also our first loss was mm, we were trying pre-built decks i think yes both of them were yeah 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 so that that's trash i mean i wouldn't say that claw was able to win i mean it was like anyway i can't think of a good analogy i'm too tired but but, but we which which pre-made were... decks were you playing uh captain america and you really want to try something was it miss marvel yeah it was miss marvel protection but he's you know it's the ones out of the box and um you know but we're often we're often critical of these villains mustafa that they are uh you know that anyone can beat them up right so correct so it turns out that claw can beat the pre-made decks yeah every and, once in a while and it, there's no i think claw does not suffer at all getting a few uh, modular sets added up because yes. he burns through that deck so fast. Um, and what you add by giving him more minions is um, critical to his success, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah and then we played it again uh, the other night um, and we played, played Claw again, but this time with uh, Madam Hydra, right? Wait, but before you get there, we did beat him. We did finally when we, when we customized our decks. Yeah. We used Captain Marvel Justice. Was it you playing Justice? Yes. Yeah. And then Miss Marvel, so Marvel team. Uh, and I have a Miss Marvel aggression deck that I pretty much lifted from online, but with a oh. few mods. Man, and that could come in. Oh. It, uh, it was, I think it was very close to a cakewalk. That, uh, yeah. What? It's like most of these games, right? Like, you know, you're going to win an hour out. Yeah. Right. Once you're established. But the last night we tried, um, or the other night we tried Claw again with Madam Hydra. And mm -hmm. I played the uh, Black Widow out of the box. Yep. And boy, she's fun. I don't think that deck is great. <laughs> I'll just say the one out of the box, but she is a lot of fun to play. And I think she might be my new favorite hero. If I were to, if I were allowing myself to like a hero, it would be her. Yeah, I've played her a few times now. She's she's interesting with all the little preparations and then all the triggers and this trigger and mm -hmm. that trigger. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah. like watching somebody fiddle with a really complicated 1980s analog switchboard trying to operate <laughs> 747. <laughs> I tap this, but then I do this, and then if I do that, there's a response here, and the, the result is she does one damage to something. So I'm. <laughs> I'm still, uh, I'm still out on the Join Black Widow fan club. Club. Uh, I like, I like. We're 
we're really here to talk about one particular villainous individual. Yeah, we are going to do a Shadow of the Past issue here. We're going to talk about She-Hulk's nemesis. And our special guest, Wandering Took, is going to talk to us all about Titania. Right? Oh, this is so awesome. So exciting. Oh, you asked me which villain I wanted to do, and I just went straight for the one that I knew absolutely nothing about. And I'm so glad I did. This is a this is a fun one to do. Well, that's exactly how we roll here, Mike. There you go. So this research comes largely from two series, one being Secret Wars, which was a 12-issue run uh, done in 1984. And there is three issues of She-Hulk 2004. That would be issues 10 to 13 that deals with the backstory of Titania. So those two together, they they balance each other out. There's a couple differences between them, but for the most part, they're cohesive and tell the full story. So Titania, in her current form, first appeared in Secret Wars, 1984. Uh, if you were to sum her up by two things, that would be her overwhelming physical strength, matched only by her hatred of the She-Hulk. But she was not born Titania. She was born in Denver as Mary McFerrin born to an average family, not entirely well off. She's the youngest of her two, uh, of the three siblings, born premature, small, frail, and would remain that way throughout most of her youth. Now, given that the family wasn't well off, the mother and father were usually working, caring for their other kids, they weren't able to give her the attention that really all kids need. So in her early years, her, she found refuge in her children's stories. You know, the ones where the, the ugly duckling turns into a swan, where the, where the underdogs persevere. Uh, unfortunately, as she grows older, she realizes that these are just stories and the world being what it is. Uh, the ugly duckling does not always turn into a swan. It turns into a duck. So <laughs> <laughs> she really becomes disenfranchised with the idea. She watches her peers become beautiful and popular while she remains short, weak frail. The turning point is in high school when Vanessa Ashwood, she's the stereotypical cool chick, rich, pretty, popular. I think Veronica from the Archie comics. Uh, she admonishes her for buzzing around like some kind of pest, quote unquote. Shoves her to the ground and nicknames her Skeeter for Mosquito. This nickname will unfortunately follow her for years to come, uh, despite her, her best wishes. Even the boss at her grocery store at one point calls her that. And it's a constant reminder that she's just, she's a pest. She's not good enough. So now firmly entrenched as an outsider, she has one friend, and that is the equally unpopular, slightly overweight, Marsha Rosenberg. Uh, so high school, it's close to graduation. Uh, she's working at a grocery store because she's got to help support her family, right? Make ends meet. She starts taking refuge again. She likes, she fantasizes, right? Just like as a kid, she was taking refuge in her stories. This time she's taking refuge in the idea that, hey, I'm, I'll, I'll buy these lottery tickets. Then one day, you know, I'll win. I'll become rich. I'll become happy. Uh, that all changes when she opens up a comic book while shelving it. And she quickly realizes that she has higher odds of being gifted with superpowers through the miracles of science than in winning the lottery. So her fantasies shift towards being granted these superpowers and being able to get revenge and do what she wishes, become rich and famous herself. So around the time of graduation, uh, Spider-Woman 
has a run-in with Manbull on the streets of Denver. Uh, the next day, Marsh is casually remarking about the incident and mentions, oh, you know, Mary, you have the same hair color as Spider-Woman. And acting out her fantasies, Mary says, oh, you know what, I, I am in fact the Spider-Woman, but please don't tell anyone. And we know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shortly thereafter, Mary is uh, invited to one of Vanessa's grand parties, and she has this unexpected newfound popularity. And while she's there, she overhears a couple of remarks that, oh, hey, th- there's, there's the Spider-Woman. She's the Spider-Woman. And she puts the pieces together. So she's obviously mad, confronts her friend. But before that gets too far, suddenly a chunk of the Earth that includes Denver is inexplicably ripped off the planet and sent deep into space. I'm sorry, that's a... What? Don't, don't you hate it when that happens? It's just... Well, oh. Okay, so... Your story, your story <laughs> changed dramatically at this point. Uh, okay. Just a little bit. So, there is this <laughs> being from beyond the universe called the Beyonder, and he has decided to pit the world's villains and heroes against each other in this grand event where the winners get their wishes fulfilled. And in doing so, he rips pieces of planets and sends them into space, recombines them to form this monstrosity called Battle World. And this piece just happened to encompass Denver. So, yes, a lot of innocents get caught up into this. While this is happening, the piece has been ripped up. Uh, Place is obviously very unstable. They hear, I'll save you, and Spider-Woman appears and tells everyone to get away from the buildings, get into the open, you know, avoid the collapse. And Vanessa and her posse are already a little angry at being hurled through space, but even more furious at being duped by Mary. So they take all their frustrations out on them, chase Mary and Marsha through the woods. The two are then found, saved, you might say, by one Dr. Doom, who sees them and reminding them, reminding him of uh, his own past, takes pity on them and offers them a chance, a chance to become better. See, Dr. Doom has uh, taken control of one of the facilities on Battleworld called Doom Base. <laughs> And using alien technology, he has figured he wants to enlist more villains into his ranks. I have a question. Yes. Was it called Doombase before he took it over, or was I'm gonna called... I'm gonna say it was probably after. <laughs> after. <laughs> okay. All right. Because what a fantastic coincidence yeah. that would have been. Yeah. Someone else is getting their wishes fulfilled. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> so he, he offers them a deal. He says, if you agree to serve me in my war against these so-called heroes, I will grant you the powers that you deserve. They, mm. of course, agree, right? And they have, it's not explicitly mentioned, but they have a little bit of choice in what they want. Um, Mary obviously doesn't want to be her anymore. She feels worthless. She wants to be someone better. Uh, Marsha becomes Volcana, who can shift between regular human form and molten magma. Sweet. And Mary becomes Titania. She is taller, sexier, stronger. So fast forward a bit. In the midst of the, the battle world battles known as the Secret Wars, th- there's many battles on both sides, infighting, outfighting, at one point, a mountain gets thrown on top of the heroes. It's really exciting. 
Uh, <laughs> the wash. This is so over the top ridiculous. Like, it's. I read some of it. It's pretty good though. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's entertaining. Great, yeah, it sounds great. I'm just like reading Miss Marvel right now, and it's so real. All Wait, right, hold on. Name? If they're throwing mountains, how is it called Secret Wars? I mean, how is it a secret that they're throwing a mountain? Oh, it's secret because they're not on Earth. They're in yeah, battle. They're off world. in space. They're oh, off on because, this battle world. Yeah, uh, yes. it's called secret because the people in Earth on Earth don't know, except Denver. Yeah. Except Denver. <laughs> or those right immediately around Denver. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know what happens to those people because they're they're out of the story at this point. I see. And it's not like when they get back to Earth and reunite with the rest of Earth, those Denver people are going to forget what happened. I, it, anyway, okay, let's keep going. Well, <laughs> keep it a secret. You were in okay. space, yep. a mountain was thrown, but don't tell anybody. It was Molecule Man. It was yeah. Molecule Man. He he lifted a mountain and, and dropped it. Um, him and Volcana now have this thing going on, and uh, Titania will soon have a thing going on with Absorbing Man, who we are going to see Absorbing in the Man. game shortly. Okay. He's coming up in the Red Skull box. Yeah. So during these wars, at one point, the Wasp is mortally injured. And she-Hulk, in a fit of rage, wants to get her vengeance. She rips her way into Doom Base and starts beating people up. Titania walks in and she says, all right, enough with the preliminaries. It's on, right? And they go head to head. Uh, her buddies want to want to join in. There, She's like, no, no, I got this. And she's beating on the She-Hulk. She-Hulk's beating on her. It's, it's close. And then She-Hulk gets the upper hand. And Titania is forced to call on her friends for help. Now they win. They're able to subdue the She-Hulk and capture her, but it's an empty victory because in the end, Titania lost. Remember, mm-hmm. she is she was the loser before, and now she's strong, she's different, she's better, but despite her newfound abilities, she's just not good enough, just like she always was. She's the loser again. Yeah. Oh, now, shortly after... It's heartbreaking. The rest of these heroes arrive to pull She-Hulk out. And Titania ends up in a fight with Spider-Man, skinny, weak Spider-Man. And she says, I quote, I used to be the shrimp. I used to be the scrawny one who got her face rubbed in the dirt. Now I'm powerful, and it's my turn. And then Spider-Man just whoops her butt. Completely, <laughs> handedly defeats her. He is so fast and agile. He completely demolishes her, picks her up, throws her out of doom base, and this whole time, he is verbally berating her. It is awful, awful stuff. I mean, that is not how... That's how heroes talk. I don't want to be a part of them. Yeah, it's not classy. Not at all. And this further chips away, right? Like, first she loses to Titania, and then immediately just get her butt gets her butt kicked by Spider-Man. And it's so bad that she develops a deep-seated fear of Spider-Man. Now think about that. For years afterwards, she is going to be throwing herself at the She-Hulk and she's avoiding Spider-Man. That's some serious PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Arachnophobia. And 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 is Spider-Man proud of this? I bet he is. Oh, oh, probably. It's oh it bullying at its finest. Yeah. He probably tells his buddies in the hero lairs that they meet in about how he made poor little Titania cry. Oh, he calls her Wimpet. The Wimpet. inner Wimpet has suddenly emerged. Wow. Wow. I guess, I guess, with great responsibility comes the power to be a great bully. Yep. Well, yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean, he's a high school kid. That's what they're good at. 
Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> So eventually, some of the villains, they, they're just growing tired of the Secret Wars, right? At this point, the Beyonder is trying to have his little fun in games. Doctor Doom is trying to stop the Beyonder because he's, he's seen through this. And they're tired. They want to go home. So they convince Molecule Man to detach the Earth Chunk from Battle World and whisk them home. Listen to that. The villains took Denver home. What were the heroes doing? They were breaking into Doom Base and trying they to be were all badass people in pets. yeah that's and what they were doing who took the innocents home well it was molecule man and the villains so during that trip back i mean titania is still she's kind of lost it a little bit and she goes and she gets her revenge on vanessa she beats her to a pulp but the victory doesn't bring her any solace right just yes she did it she's strong she's powerful but she's also in another class now she's just kind of swatted a fly and the class she's in now she is still she still considers herself to be a failure. Wow. So that's, that's her origin. Uh, some other highlights, points of note. Uh, Titania eventually marries Absorbing Man, though I should note that their wedding is crashed by the super quote-unquote heroes. Really? Really? Yep. Wait, I wouldn't yep. give them a wedding. What? Yep. It's nothing sacred for these people? A wedding. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they let them get married in the end, but I mean, what are you guys doing? It's offensive. Uh, she is eventually able to overcome her fear of Spider-Man, but she never loses her obsession with She-Hulk. Remember, defeating She-Hulk in her mind is now, it's directly tied to Titania's self-worth. Directly. So in order for her to really become herself, this is something she has to do. And this obsession just, it wears on her. It wears on her. So that's why she's always going after her. Uh, no matter how hard she trains, she's never able to beat the She-Hulk. She, at one point, she trained so much that... Uh, her relationship actually ends for a bit. Like eventually, they, they get back together, but uh, she's just wow. she's focused on training just to defeat the She-Hulk. Uh, she even at one point is given the Infinity Gem of Power in order to defeat the She-Hulk. Uh, she fails. Steve, do you know why she fails? What do you think She-Hulk does? Yeah, She-Hulk tricks her into thinking that she wins. Yeah, she cheats. She, she cheats. cheats. Yeah, what the heroes do. It's what they do. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, the Infinity Gem, it's, it's drawn to desire, right? And what's Titania's desire? To defeat the She-Hulk. So She-Hulk gets a little shapeshifter friend to shift into a dead She-Hulk. Thus, she loses control over the, the gem, and She-Hulk takes it. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty well, devious, actually. Maybe She-Hulk should be a villain. Maybe, right? Dude. Mm. Well, I find a lot here to like Titania about. I... I other than the obvious two things, I I had to say something. You guys have not said anything. Yeah, it's um. She designed her own outfit. Yeah, it's comic book art in the comic. But uh, you know, you're right. You're right. Now, part of that, I, I don't want to say it's justified because it is comic book art. There is, you are going to get that scantily cladness. In her specific case, she is trying to be not who she was before. Right. I'm not saying that's that entirely justifies it, but being sexy is kind of part of who she wanted to be. But do you, do you remember when we were looking at the Masters of Evil some time ago? Like, there was just nothing really to glom onto about any of those guys. Like, they were just buttholes who became <laughs> bigger buttholes. Like, like this, I, I love that. I love the backstory. I love, I just, that her, that her whole thing is, is tied to self-worth is just I don't know. I, I like it. I think it, it gives a depth to her character that 
Yeah. I find interesting. Yeah, I read these uh, most of this stuff too. Um, and one of the neat things in the in the backstory ep- issues, the ten through thirteen, is they do like a flashback to the Secret Wars, and the art is like panel for panel, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> which was really cool. Uh, that that was neat to see too. So they they do a good job in the in the books of giving you her history and just making it entertaining too to read. So awesome. So you had some other uh, notes here. Yeah, so I started looking at, okay, who's Titania? And I discovered that actually in Marvel, we have had two Titanias. Now, the one that Mike just talked about is the one that we have on our Nemesis card. But way back in the Marvel 2-in-1 number 54 in 1979, there was a story that had some old Fantastic Four and Thing adversary stuff going on with Thundara who ends up in this wrestling outfit, this female wrestling outfit. And Thundar goes around and beats up all the other wrestlers. And one of those wrestlers is Titania. Now, it's a different Titania, but that can be confusing for folks going to try to learn about who she is. Hmm. Eventually, these grapplers, these female grapplers, become a team of supervillains. And all the wrestlers end up having these uh, artificial powers. One of the wrestlers is... uh, Screaming Mimi, who eventually becomes a pretty well-known uh, villain in some of the Spider-Man stuff and things like that. The grapplers, they appear throughout the 80s. And then in 1984, when the Secret Wars uh, comes out, we and Doctor Doom has decided that he's going to make Titania and the Battle World and all that stuff we just learned about. Once that happens, the original Titania ends up battling with the Thing and gets killed. There's like two years of overlap where there's this wrestler Titania and the Titania on Battleworld, two different people, but both using the same moniker. Um, and then I think maybe they said, ah, it's too much. So they killed the one off. <laughs> <laughs> and, so. and this Titania looks like a female wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and the art is very similar. The costumes are very similar. You know, the, the wrestler Titania is a big, strong woman. She could, you know, beat stuff up. So there, it's it's an interesting one of those Marvel reboots. There, there, there's so many things going on. I mean, there's more than one Mike out in the world. So I guess there can be more than one Titania. So. All right. So we uh, should we take a look at our Nemesis cards here? Let's do it. Before we do that, can I ask each of you a question as as players of this game? Okay. How often are you bringing She-Hulk to the table these days? I like She-Hulk, actually. I um, okay. My preference is Ms. Marvel or Black Panther, but She-Hulk would be my my third place choice. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I suspect that is unusual, Mike. Probably, although I was listening to the Marvel Champions Monthly podcast where they were doing a survey of uh, what people wanted to play. And She-Hulk actually got in there a few times. She-Hulk Justice. She-Hulk Justice. Interesting. Okay. That is interesting. She-Hulk is my is my son's most favorite character to play. Cool. He likes, he likes smashing. Yeah, I definitely don't go reach in the box to grab her. But I have heard some uh, somebody from Alter Egos. He's a big She-Hulk fan, so he plays her. I know John from... Um, 
Texelsior did a whole like uh, playthrough with her versus every villain. So she's got her fan base. Good. I'm glad because I like her too. I just don't. I have a feeling like post corset, she's the corset hero that is. Well, maybe Spider Man too is like. Not, I never see anyone play anymore. Yeah, I think she has her weak points. So you know, it's hard to hard to get her on the table. I think. Well, maybe no one plays her because her nemesis set is so powerful. So powerful. Let's take a look at it. So She-Hulk, Nemesis, from the core, we have four unique cards with five total, plus the obligation. All right, her obligation for She-Hulk, legal work, give to the Jennifer Walters player. You may flip to alter ego form and choose. Exhaust Jennifer Walters, remove legal work from the game. Give the main scheme one acceleration token, discard this obligation, and it has two boost icons. Oh, that hurts. Uh, yeah. If... If you, I mean, just an acceleration token right out of the gate, that's a pretty punishing one if that comes up, I think. That's a tough, tough one. I mean, as usual, you're not going to take the second bullet unless you're already exhausted. Right. She's not a big defender, but if you're playing heroic mode, there are other cards that will exhaust you. Yep. This could come up at the wrong time. Yeah. But unless the timing is bad, like all these other things, there is really no choice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right, Mike, give us Titania. All right. Titania, the minion, one scheme, X attack value, and six hit points. X is equal to Titania's remaining hit points. So a a little calling back to She-Hulk's Gamma Slam ability a little bit there. Uh, She has two boost icons. It's yeah. the reverse of Gamma Slam, right? Yes, it is. Oh, you're right. Yeah, oh, it so is. She hits harder if she's not hurt. Right. The more you beat her up, the lower her self-esteem becomes, so the less punishing she is against you. Oh, yes. right. Wow. That, that works. Scene. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, I've never seen Titania come out. I just have never had Shadow of the Past come out when I play She-Hulk. So I think next time I'm going to have to do a little house rule and put Shadow of the Past aside and have it just dealt to me four rounds in or something like that. Because I want to see this in action. She's come up a couple of times in our games. Like I said, my son loves to play Hulk. I mean, and when she comes up, you make sure she doesn't last out the turn. Or, you know, she's down to one hit point or something. Right. But if there's someone with guard on the table, she's elite. True. If you're playing with our rules. If you're playing with our rules, yes. I'm still waiting for a bunch of encounter cards to interact with Root. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because there are a number of Brutes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I just love the knuckle-cracking pose. She's great. So who else in this game can attack for six? That's far and away the, the highest attack value in the game. Yeah? I'm yeah. Sure. Just straight up like that to start with for a minion? Yeah, this will be so, fun yeah. if uh, she's on the table and you were to get that Hulk Clash of the Titans as well. You're playing Hulk and She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just gets a hit again. Yeah. Oh. All right, moving on to her side scheme. Personal Challenge, which has a whopping three boost icons, as all of these Nemesis side schemes should. When revealed, place an additional one threat per player here. So it starts with three. And exclamation point. So you have to deal with the personal challenge 
before you can get on with your day because she this is this is her to a t right she hulk is doing something and nope titania is coming in she's gonna try her hardest her damnedest to to beat you you're not doing anything till you take care of her mike you didn't even read the story the card so daniel why don't you read it titania has held a grudge against she hulk for years she won't rest until she settles the score all right that was a bit over the top a bit well come on all right it's a theme home run. This it's card. like calling Mike of Impet for not reading the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's done, Mike. This is how we do it in this podcast. All right. All right. Come on, Skeeter. <laughs> oh. oh. Wow. There you go. Oh, I felt good. That felt good. I understand Vanessa a little bit better now, too. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, um, it's a great, great size game. Uh, it, could, it, it could use a little more threat. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Really yeah. though, because it's it's gonna be a four in a one player game. Yeah, one player game. These are always hard. Right, but even in a four, I mean, like the fact that you got to deal with it first. I mean, in a four player game, you're gonna have seven, but you know, four players are gonna take a swing at it. Yeah, but four players aren't gonna be taking a swing at this. One or two of them. And the others have to deal with the other stuff that's happening on the board because there's four players, right? Fair. Fair. So, like, these are my least favorite when I play this game. These side schemes that you have to deal you with. You mean the ones that are the best, Daniel? Yes. Yes. If I'm saying if I were a hero. Yeah. Or thought like a so-called hero. What if it was tied to her? Like, the same way Madame Hydra is tied to her schemes. What if you, ha- you couldn't do this unless you beat up Titania first? And oh, that'd no. be like the uh, Baron Zemo, I think, prevents you from thwarting while he's in play. Oh, okay. I think you're already beating up Titania as fast as you can because who could deal with six hits? Yeah. Yeah. And then you you have to clear a personal challenge. So those three boost icons go back in the deck, and uh, they're going to show up later. Oh, that's yeah. That's the that's the juiciest part of that card. This is a this is a tough tough set. Moose yeah, moves. but you know. When the three boost shows up, they'll cheat and turn the boost back on you, cancel the card, or use it to make more damage on the villain. You know how they are. They cheat. You're right. Yeah. But sometimes they're out of cheating, you know? And then we can get them. All well, right. Mustafa, why don't you read Genetically Enhanced? Genetically Enhanced. So that's how she became Titania. I, I, I have questions about the art on this card, first of all. Oh, I can answer that. What's she done to that poor... Is that Vanessa? That's Vanessa. That's Vanessa. Or nothing. This is her oh. on her way back to Earth, getting her revenge on the girl that pushed her face into the mud repeatedly mm-hmm. throughout her adolescence. Okay. I see. Okay. Gave her the nickname Skeeter. Maybe she overdid it a little bit, I would say, given how this card looks. Anyway, did she also <laughs> destroy all the stuff that's on fire in the background? Or is, uh, that yes. just, is that just then where how normally it looks? <laughs> Unspecified, but I think she did it. Okay. All right. So this is an attachment. Attach, it's a condition. I don't know what that does. Uh, attached to the minion with the highest printed hit points. That's going to be her if she's out. If there are no minions in play, it surges and then gets plus three hit points. So I guess she's now hitting harder. She's yeah. hitting for nine. Yeah. If nobody's hurt her. If yeah, it the, comes out. If it comes around. out. So that's the thing, right? Like the, the thing with all these cards is for us anyway, it's not like 
the villain is kind of cleverly steering any of this stuff. You, I guess that's what happens when you're playing a totally cooperative game. But you're kind of, as a villain, you're relying on this coming out at the right time. I've never seen this actually come out. But boy, that, that game it does. Oh. If it does, it's nice to fantasize. Even if it doesn't attach to Titania, say it goes on your plain claw and it ends up on armored guard. That's a guard minion with six hit points. Now you have to get through. Yeah. yeah. So or, or it, it can go to the weapons runner and and be wasted. Um, yeah. Or I, if I you have to get I on Modok. Looking at these guys, <laughs> it's kind of like buying lottery tickets. Like it would be great if it hit. Um, but it's a single card. It's got a single boost icon. Meh. Um, and yeah, maybe two of these would be nice, but then they would have to cut something out. Is there a rule that these sets have to have five cards? Do they all? No, but it's probably a. They all have five cards. I wonder if it's a balancing thing because if you make them too big, then your villain's not accelerating as fast. Yeah, and we know that like they can only put so many cards in a pack. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So if. The vil- the hero, sorry, yeah, the villain set is fifteen cards, and then their nemesis is five more. You know, that's twenty cards plus the the identity card. They're already twenty one cards, so I'm sure that we're never going to see one that's too big. So yeah, All right, fair enough. So I guess we can we can bicker about whether the next one should have been two or this one. I want to say how much I love this card. I get it's it's a one of in a forty fifty card deck or whatever how big encounter sets are. It's just, it's the story of this, like, the story this card can generate, to me, is fantastic. I absolutely love it. Like, this gets on Titania at the wrong time, and you can't, like, nine damage. That's, that is a one shot on Black Widow. On Black Widow. It's going to take out anyone. And I just, I think it's so funny that this particular nemesis is the hardest hitting one based on like what Mike taught us tonight. I don't know. I love it. Let me, uh, I'll tell you about the last card. There's two of these. Titania's fury is a treachery. When revealed, Titania attacks your hero. If Titania did not attack, heal all damage from her. And this card gains surge. And it's got a special boost icon and a boost icon. Give the villain one additional boost card for this activation. Wow. I like the boost effect. It surges if it whiffs, which is great. Yep. Yep. Now, who, who is she hitting in this art? Can, can anyone tell? Just some blue boots. I've seen the image. I just can't it, remember. That could be, it could actually be She-Hulk in... She has this weird suit she has to wear for a little while. Oh, yeah. Space boots. So that could be out of the uh, where she ends up with the infinity gem. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's not a bad. It's not a bad card. I like the art. If you look at personal challenge, she's got exactly the same facial expression, except it's kind of like mirror, mirror image, reverse, facing left versus facing right. Like, does she have any other facial expressions? I guess her card. I don't think she has any other posture. Yeah. Yeah, she's always swinging. She's always swinging with a grimace. So she would not attack if she's out because you are an alter ego, right? So she heals up mm-hmm. all damage. That's a, imagine she got nine hit points here. I mean, back to nine. This Nemesis deck could really consume the game. 
Love it. Yeah, and then the boost is just you're gonna get a regular boost plus one. So. Yeah, I like the boost. The boost is the is the part I like most. Uh, you know, if you've beaten up on her, she's got one or hit two hit points left, then she's doing a one or two attack. That's kind of like a regular attack. But again, like if Titania has to be out, um, I guess she she has to be undefeated, and then this needs to come out while her hit points are high, and then you know if they if they pushed uh, 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 one of their minions, sorry, allies in front of her, now she's surprising them and you know, taking a big chunk of their hit points. Again, one can imagine. Dream. One can dream. Exactly. So what do we think of the set as a whole? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's right on theme. I think they hit that perfectly. Yep. And uh, I, I like it. It'd be, you know, the Fury just replaces itself no matter what, pretty much. You're going to yep, get yep. a minion with some hit points on it or it's going to surge. You got a Crisis. That you're gonna have to stop what you're doing, and then Titania herself is uh, can be pretty fun if she can get a swing in or two in. So yeah, I think for us, for villains, it is the best Nemesis deck in the core for sure. Maybe in the game. Yeah, definitely better than I'm not a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the Captain America Baron Zemo one is really really good, and the Loki one is really good. So maybe top three, I put this in there. So pound for pound, pound for pound, these cards are power, Steve. Yeah, Everyone. they are. I think the downside is you mentioned it earlier. Not that many people play She Hulk, so it doesn't come up. Yeah, time to change that. Time yeah, maybe I'll play some She Hulk. All right. Any any final comments? A minus. This set does not need additional training. <laughs> She's trained up pretty hard. Yeah. All right, well, then you can get a hold of us in our secret lair by emailing us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can search Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find us on Discord as Vardayan, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Wandering Took. And if you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mike, take us out. Face it, Greenie. There's only room for one strongest woman, and it ain't you.